Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, I'm Mark Williams, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of what is the greatest sports radio show on the planet, 365 Days of Sport. You're with me, Kieran Beefy Blake, officially the world's biggest sports fan. Check that out on Guinness, or whilst drinking Guinness is the best way. Uh, we're very happily joined by uh, the one and only uh, Gavin Ingham, joined us last week in substitution of Mr. Rob Bryars, who is jetting around the USA, but he's gone. Uh, what's the word? I was going to say interestingly quiet, but that's not really interesting. Uh, curiously, mm. dubiously quiet. Happily. Happily quiet. Mm. Is it time for um, for us to play a new game? Ah, oh, beef strong enough, I think it is. <laughs> beef strong enough. Okay, you ready for this, Gav? I certainly am. Yo, where's Rob? Yo, where's Rob? Where is he? Check his Facebook. What's he got? Well, allegedly, a couple of days ago, he was travelling to Austin from Las Vegas. Oh, he mustn't have won too much money out of the... Well, he's getting out of Vegas. So, uh, Austin, you don't know what you're in for with uh, Rob Bryson. Actually, I can tell you, last time we were in Austin... We allowed to say what he... Not really. Just naughty. Uh, uh, just a naughty boy. Police ask him to leave, or did he leave of his own free accord? Uh, I think he was dragged by... Somebody or something <laughs> out of some dodgy bar that we ended up in. Yes, uh, we were. We went to see the Moto GP mm, wow. at uh, the old uh, Motodrome in uh, Austin, and uh, yeah, we got back to the hotel quite early. And Rob said, "Let's get on it." Got a bit revved up. So I had uh, two Shiner Box, mm. which is the kind of uh, Texan dark beer Oof. that you can drink liters and gallons of without even getting pissed. Really, what's the percentage on that? Minimal. Minimal. Do you know, when I lived in Texas, the local law yeah. is if a beer was more than 3.25 or 3.5% alcohol, it mm. gets taxed as a wine. Hence why every beer is oh. less than mid-strength. There you go. So you get very bloated. You go to the toilet a hell of a lot. Oof. But how's that? You get a, a 4% beer. What, is that wine? Is that it's taxed as a wine, yeah, so right. hence why they don't, because the tax on wine is a lot more than beer. Um, before we get going, Gav, I've got to thank uh, those yep. great people at Jack Links. Oh, yes, why? It's the best beef jerky on the planet. Oh, yes. And yes. Uh, I'm happy to confirm that both myself uh, and Rob Bryars are official brand ambassadors for Jack Links. We love beef jerky. Well, I'm still waiting for mine, my, my free well, sample. So are we. To okay. be honest, but uh, I can officially <laughs> disclaim that we are brand ambassadors. So uh, if you're in um, any supermarket, whether it's Coles, Woolworths, IGA, or other supermarkets are available, uh, do check out Jack Links because uh, you won't regret it. So we've got to thank Jack Links. Please check out mm. their uh, varieties, teriyaki, and I'm sure there's others. Beef-flavoured. Beef-flavoured beef jerky. That's the best, I'm told. <laughs> Uh, we've also got to thank those great people at Mercedes who make the best sportswear in Australia. They're a Dutch company, great quality, low prices. They will even throw sponsorship money at you because they want you to buy more stuff. Wonderful. Uh, community partners include Samsung, TCL, Hewlett-Packard, and Make It Mind Finance. Just We're, letting you know. You're actually wearing a shirt now. I love it. It's I love Mercedes gear. It's the best you can get. But just check them out. Mercedes.com.au, M-A-S-I-T-A, or 1300 Mercedes. Tell them Beefy and Rob and Gav yes. and our special guest sent you. Yes, 
um, I've had a tough week. I'm so happy you've invited me back. My ham, hammy's a little sore, a little tight, but I've had good recovery and I've got another run on start here at the 365 Days of Sport podcast. It's not a podcast. So it's, it's a radio show. It's a radio show. It certainly is. Um, but I brought my friend and fellow comedian who had a show in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this year, made his debut, Mr. Adam Samuel. G'day, Beautiful. G'day. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a Melbourne D supporter, so my mighty magpie stitched his D's up on the Queen's birthday weekend, so that's why he's here, to make me feel a little bit better about myself this week. So. Well, Rob, Rob will enjoy uh, having Adam on, because uh, obviously Rob plays in a band called the Demon Parade, who are all Melbourne Demon fans apart from Rob. Right, so I didn't get that. Does this guy come with subtitles? I can't understand his accent. <laughs> oh, he's, 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 uh, he's from Wales. Oh, from Wales. Yes. Right, now I got it. I don't Good, now you can anymore. tune in, yeah. <laughs> You've got Siri, a- how do you pronounce this in Welsh? Got a few soundtracks out, Sounds of Wales. Helps you sleep at night. Ah, yes, this is Adam. He's a D supporter. Uh, A lonely, sorrow-filled D supporter. Well, you know what? We bounced back. We went through 15 years of heartache. But, Gav, it's good to see you out and about in the southeast suburbs. I know for a Magpie supporter, you you guys kind of get scared and can't read, you know, station names properly. So it's really nice that you made it down here this evening. I took Gav for a bite to eat tonight. Oh, yeah. took one look at the menu and, you know, we we worked through the alphabet and he's getting better. (laughs) He's getting better for a Magpie supporter. Just got to burger. Burger. (laughs) Burger. No, one better. Pizza, five letters. Oh, okay. One of the letters is the same, so four letters, really. Yeah, that's right. It's good to be back. If you're glad that you brought a Melbourne supporter on now, <laughs> so, I'll uh, run you over with my Range Rover and hit you with my cheese board any day, son. And on, stab on the you with his ski pole. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Have we had decent weeks or not? Yeah, I've had a good week. Uh, no, actually, a bit of a, a bit of a down week, I must admit. Uh, my mate Salads that I mentioned Salads. last week, his gout has exploded again. Oh, I feel so sorry for I think anyone with gout. Get him on, on the radio in, in, a, in a few weeks. I didn't get selected to the to the NBA draft. Oh, didn't you? No, I, I didn't apply, but I shouldn't have to. I'm five foot eight, a towering five foot eight. Um, best years are ahead of me. I, uh, it's professional sports in this win now attitude. I have won, and you might not know the statistic, but you do now. Twenty NBA championships on PlayStation Three. Wow! So I didn't get picked. That's incredible. <laughs> Disappointed. Shocker. Did any Australians get drafted this time around? Some have been asked to go to summer league, um, oh, yeah. but none were drafted. We've been been a bit of a flavor of the month the last yeah, couple, that's couple it. Couple of years, but uh, Ben Simmons he's won Rookie of the Year today. I did see that. Yep. But I, I don't care about them. I, I didn't get drafted. Yeah, we, that's right. We're not listening. Me to either. And nor Adam. No, I'm sitting here without a draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's real sports news for you people, just in case you've been missing the sports news this week. What about yourself, Adam? Well, look, it, it, it's been it's been an all right week, but to be honest, the last time I show um, Nick Kyrgios what Pornhub is, you know, he took it a bit too... <laughs> Took it a bit too Love extreme it. on the court, I reckon. He did. I can tell you, actually, not, the headline is Naughty Nick. Nick Kyrgios caught on live TV appearing to mimic sex act. Uh, bad boy Kyrgios, friend of the show, by the way, Nick Kyrgios, uh, appeared to be mimicking masturbation when a camera focused on him at the Fever Tree Championships. World number 21 shook his water bottle suggestively <laughs> before squeezing some liquid out of the end. <laughs> this is the best bit. Allowing himself a cheeky little smile and then Sorry, taking a drink. Are you reading from tennis or is that the is that the plot from this night's episode of Love Island. <laughs> I think it's both. I think um, Fifty Shades of Grey as well. It says, uh, however, there was no happy ending for the controversial Australian in the match oh, as he yo. lost 7-6-7-6 to number one seed, Marianne Cilic. Oh. So is Naughty Nick the first time that headline has ever been used in relation to Nick Kyrgios? Because either that or they've never used it before or they've run out of names for Nick. Well, this was at the Queen's Club, so this is a UK newspaper reporter. Yeah. Um, they've toned it down because Her Majesty might read it. Hey, what's he <laughs> Done. He's, yeah, the, he's shaking his bottle. The uh, the Times uh, copy writers 
are probably struggling for uh, just to fit Nick Kyrgios news in. The rest is just swear words. <laughs> bleep, bleep, Nick. The next headline is, guess what Nick's done today? Yeah. Where's Nick? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Rob, you've been bummed. <laughs> what about Greg Norman? Did you see Love this? Love him. Love Greg Norman. The shark has... Gotten full frontal. Although, if I was his age looking like that, I'd be getting around every day like that. Well, I think Nude. he does want to say of it. <laughs> I've heard of going to the lake to look for your own balls, but he's just taken it a bit too far. <laughs> he did. Um, 63. Not yeah. too bad. He does 2,000 push-ups an hour or something, or a day or so, just to keep fit and squats and all sorts of rubbish like that. In all honesty, I do hope I'm looking as good as that at 63, because I've never looked that good ever. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a professional sportsman, I never looked that good. And that's why you're still not drafted to the NBA. Ah, that's basically. the problem, yeah. Maybe Nick and the Great White could get together and share off some sexual moves naked. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah, I think, just... but Nick's not a, not afraid of getting the shirt off, though, either, because he mm. loves himself a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, though. I think that could be a good combination, because I believe Nick Kyrgios is still looking for a coach. <laughs> <laughs> has Nick Kyrgios actually done... Is that an honest question? I'm not paying him. Has he, yeah. done, has he achieved much in his career? Well, he's world number 21, so yeah. So... He's not quite taking the piss as much as our uh, another friend of the show, Bernie Tomic, who uh, just <laughs> does nothing, just turns up just to get paid. Yeah. So... Was the shark aware of photos being taken? Or he's just, he was just <laughs> Robert. Was he just Robert Allenby style, laying in the middle of a golf course, naked? <laughs> And then they've started taking photos, and he's, oh, this is intentional. Yeah, no, it was for the uh, ESPN's The Body Issue. Oh, okay. Uh, where they oh. do take uh, photos of sports people in the nude. Oh, and it's a link up to Shark Week. See, I thought it was I thought it was something completely different, because we all know that the shark is good friends with the Trump. And I thought that it was just a bunch of media reporters camping at one of Trump's golf courses, oh. waiting to see, will Trump play golf today or save the world? And, oh, wait a minute. Greg Norman's he, here. Yeah. He's relevant again. It only took him 120 years, but he's back in the papers. <laughs> well, if you remember when he married Chris Everett Lloyd Chris mm. Everett as we should have called her I suppose they did the naked honeymoon photo shoot mm, etched in my memory has he put his clothes back on since <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> Oh my God! He's yeah. just free balling around he Florida. Just I don't need to wear clothes. Um, you've been keeping up with the World Cup, yes? What Absolutely. World Cup? Uh, what about this? England fan goes all the way to Russia only to realise he's forgotten his tickets. <laughs> oh. Every fan's worst nightmare. We all imagine it. You're looking forward to a massive event. You've bought your tickets. Then the time comes and you travel to the airport. Arrive. Make your merry way to the event in question. You arrive at the entrance. Check your pockets for the ticket. And no, surely not. It's not there. You've left your tickets at home. Well, this is a generally a bad dream for most people. It's unfortunately happened to one England fan who travelled 3,000 kilometres to Russia before realising he'd left his tickets at home. The unlucky supporter was Douglas Morton from Bristol, whose story was brought to light by ITV producer Dan Howells. The two met and Morton revealed that he believes he left his ticket in a drawer at home before travelling out to watch England face Panama in Volgograd. Um, Howells did put out an appeal to find a ticket for Morton ahead of the game, asking supporters if they had a spare and they could help out. Amazingly, the appeal actually worked with Howells successfully tracking down a ticket for him. However, at the time of writing, Morton's whereabouts in Russia remained unknown. Uh, <laughs> Howells tweeted out, Douglas update! The lads from At Sport Options have found him a ticket, but now we can't find him. If anyone spots him, tell him I've left a message at his hotel reception. So let's hope he got the tickets and uh, got to the game. That's uh, Can't get in through modern technology? What's going on? It's Russia. Yeah, well, yeah, they still have the six-ply you know, flight... <laughs> 
tickets that they give you, <laughs> yeah. where they they stamp seven copies, rip off one, and they go, "There you go, sir." <laughs> Um, Is this the same kid that a couple of years ago, there was a similar story, a kid from Bristol, he wanted to go on a holiday for a couple of weeks during summer uh, to come out to Melbourne, Australia, and he bought he bought a ticket for Melbourne, but he ended up buying it for Melbourne, Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Is this the same kid? I think no. so. I think you might be on the money. Um, talking to Russia, Burger King Russia apologised for impregnated by World Cup player campaign. What? The Russian arm of Burger King has apologised and withdrawn a campaign which would have rewarded women 3 million rubles, which is about 40,000 euros, and free whoppers for life if they got pregnant with a World Cup player's baby. Oh. The promotion was quickly shelved by Burger King, not surprisingly, who released a statement to apologise for the insensitive campaign. In Russia? Insensitive? Come on! <laughs> oh, VAR got involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Burger King promises $50,000 in lifetime Whopper supply for Russian women able to get pregnant from any football celebrity to transfer the good genes to Russia. Just just one gene. Just one gene, yeah. Uh, in a statement on Wednesday, Burger King said, We are sorry about the clearly offensive promotion that the team in Russia launched online. It said the offer does not reflect our brand or our values and we are taking steps to ensure this type of activity does not happen again. I should have done the accent, Kev. How's this? The promotion comes on the back of a similarly insensitive campaign run by Burger King Russia last year in which the fast food chain ran an ad depicting a 17-year-old victim of rape and beating. Well, you've got to cut through in this day and age of the media, don't you? Unbelievable, isn't it? That is crazy are, stuff. Are they really sorry? Because there's a tactic in the media to do something really atrocious and then pull back and apologise and then you actually are bumped up in people's minds of yeah. how good you are. VB yeah. recipe, for example. They change a recipe and everyone is up in arms and then they change it back to the original recipe yep. and everyone's, ah, oh, and their, their stocks rise. Coca-Cola, aren't it shapes? But I think you're on the money there. Yeah. I, I didn't I, even know there was Burger King in Russia, to be honest. It probably isn't. No. <laughs> they brought in one store just to stand, a cardboard cutout stand just for that. Seen as you're here, Adam, we, uh, we're going to run through. And seen as you're a massive AFL fan, we're going to... flag. Your flag wave, the, Zur- your the flag. Zurich Ds. Yeah, the Zurich Ds. We can't afford sponsorship in Australia anymore, so we've had to go on to China Southern Airlines and Zurich Bank. China Southern, they're a big one. We might uh, just sneak this in. AFL. don't know if you guys are aware, big news in the AFL this week. So the AFL women's have started already. And of course, we have the AFL M's as people are stupidly calling it for the men's. But much like, you know, you have a lot of sports which are mixed these days. So AFL are bringing out a brand for next year. They're going to try it in 2019, see how successful it is. It's going to be mixed football, women's and men's. Same. So like for Melbourne, you're going to have Nathan Jones and Daisy Pierce and Collingwood. You're going to have Gavin and Scott Pendlebury, uh, you know, filling in with some with some lovely women. Well, look like women, I guess, down in Collingwood. I'm not too sure what they look like down there. <laughs> I think it's going to be popular. Mixed okay. AFL rounds. What are they going to call it? AFL X and Ys. AFL rounds. So there's obviously going to be a quota system. Where does Hannah Mancy come in? Well, we're not too sure on that. We'll have to wait and see. Depending on how legally it, it falls out, she can do whatever she wants. She, she can play both positions on the same team. I'm sure she does. He does. <laughs> um, you know, in Quidditch, uh, yes, it is genuinely a mixed sport, and you yes. have to have at least two. The strange thing is they 
because it's generally American and they play in the college system, you're allowed to play as whatever you like if you don't recognise to be in that gender. Oh, right. It's not even gender neutral. It's uh, if you do, if you're a, a woman in a man's body, if you don't associate or mm. don't recognise yourself as yep. a, a man, you can play as a woman even though you're a man. The old mm. Casta Semenya uh, yeah, right. style of play. So that's in, that's Quidditch. I'm so sorry for the first twenty seconds of you started to tell that story. I, like, I don't remember this in the Harry Potter books. Until <laughs> <laughs> you said college system, I was like, ah, oh, right, the real the real Quidditch that we know, running yeah. around with brooms between your legs. That's right. And nothing says respectable college sports like a bunch of idiots running around the field with the, with the janitor's broom. Between your legs. Well, I guess what you're saying is however you feel is you can have whatever between you. Yeah, okay, let's just, uh, let's it's just move just on. Evidently clear where Nick Kyrgios got his inspiration from. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, one of our favourite segments on the show. There's going to be a belter this week. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear a bomb because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless kid. You suck! I forgot to say, it's uh, show 69 this week. Does that have any relevance to Nick Curious? <laughs> don't know. I'm, I was expecting a cake. Were you? <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I was expecting something else from you guys, but yeah. anyway, I might just leave. <laughs> Before I go into the real worst song in the world for this yeah. week, I have to highlight this. England played against New Zealand this week, rugby league, in, of all places, Denver. Co- Colorado in the US. That rugby league hotbed. Denver, mm. Colorado in oh, the US, yeah. Right. Mile high city. Right. The highest stadium on earth, by the way. Yeah, right. It is. I'll tell you that. And that's just the people. And that, yes, it is, because it's <laughs> vaguely legal over there. I'm going to play the New Zealand national anthem because it's hilarious. I'll just remind you about this one that uh, we actually did a top 10 worst anthem renditions a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was our number one. What's so oh. we I think she was in Denver as well, by the sound <laughs> yes. of it. Yes. God bless Julie Bishop. See? I can actually understand this. I can't understand Beefy, but I can understand this. <laughs> the people laughing in the background get me. Yeah. I think it was the NBA players. I think this was the All Star game, was it? No, this is at a uh, demolition derby. Oh, I thought it was Fergie for the NBA. Fergie, if you're listening, I'm I'm sorry. Um, oh, she's still going. You sure it's not NASCAR? It's close to NASCAR. <laughs> can you get sent off in NASCAR? Because she should be sent off. She's already got three yellow cards, yes. and that's not even legal in football. So so that was um, some girl that was drunk <laughs> during the national anthem. She thought she did it quite well, apparently. But um, this actually rivaled it. This is the uh, Crystal Collins, I think she's called. This is the New Zealand national anthem. Why they got an American to do a Maori <gasps> national anthem? I, I really like the New Zealand national I like yeah. it better than the Australian. Musically, I, I yeah, think yeah. it's amazing. I don't know if I want to hear this. I'm pretty sure it's political correctness gone mad. Oh my god. Does she not know that it is just God save the Queen? She could have sung it in English. <laughs> if she wasn't confident. 
just about go down as the worst rendition I've ever heard of the New Zealand National Anthem at a sporting event. It sounded more like a rendition of Good King Wenceslas. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. Who was the singer? Crystal Collins. Ah, well, in all fairness to her, she was told it was a karaoke competition <laughs> and they forgot to bring out the, the, the bouncing ball on the TV. My word. I heard the, uh, the Auslan interpreter was having a field day, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think last week's story about the uh, New Zealand jockey falling off the yeah. horse, I think the horse heard this... <laughs> National anthem and it's fallen over. If there's ever anything you ever learn, doesn't matter if it's in Maori or the Welsh national anthem in Welsh or any language-based anthem, mm. get someone from that country to sing it. I thought I thought I thought you could not not do that. Well, she was a she's a big black American woman. Wow, that's the end of the show. I think <laughs> it's killed it. Why? It's, it's it's a very good question, Gavin. I'm glad you asked that because nobody knows why. Oh, Jacinda Arden needs to call in and give us some answers, I think. Yeah. She just had a baby, but I don't care. <laughs> I think they need more, more than God to defend New Zealand after that. <laughs> oh, my God. Set a precedent, I'm telling you. It is set a precedent. Anyway, that's not even the real worst song in the world. Ooh. This one is uh, for you, Gav. Um, so, listening to the show, actually emailed me and said, did you know this guy did a song? He's an old school AFL fan. Oh. I'm just thinking whether you've heard this before. Who are you here for? I still can't hear you. <laughs> Some people think this is going to be the A-side. They haven't sort of made up their mind yet. Wow. I, haven't, I haven't heard this. But this is one thing I have stated You know I like to smile all the while When I was young, my father said to me Son, those women, they'll lead you up a tree They'll take your money and treat you mighty nice But when your money's gone, the loving's gone And they'll treat you cold as ice So you just smile all the while Smile all the while Sing a song and get your problems off your mind I may not be too educated But this is one thing I have stated You know I like to smile all the while Now dad is older, he's nearly 93 that's actually his follow-up single. Oh Peter McKenna, the great yeah. Collingwood full forward. From uh, 65 to 77. Certainly Apart correct. from that year he had with Carlton oh. in 77. What a year that was. Yeah, 77, the uh, the, f- the second draw in AFL history. Oh, was it? Yes. Between who? That was between North Melbourne, the Kangaroos, and Collingwood. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we lost. Lost the replay. Barassi, your, your, your man, mm-hmm. Adam Samuel, he was the coach. Uh, so um, this is uh, Smile All the While, written by that Johnny Young. Oh, from Young Talent right. Time. Right. And he appeared regularly as Daryl Summers' co-host on Hey Hey, hey It's Saturday. Saturday. When it was on the mornings. Yep. Guess who replaced him as the co-host? Uh, was it someone who was pink and fluffy? Could be. Oh, was it Ozzy Ostrich? It was. Yes, absolutely. Ozzy Ostrich, imagine that. I, your job to a, to a yeah. um, AFL sub rule. <laughs> 
Aussie think, ostrich. I think actually what happened, uh, I'm a bit of a Collingwood historian, as you know, yes. Adam. Uh, I think they wanted to stick their hand up Peter McKenna's bum and he quit. So then they got the <laughs> fluffy ostrich in and he was happy to take it. Just got a text message in from the Melbourne Deaf Society. Please stop that music or we'll be pressing charges. I love how you actually picked up your phone as well to, for that game. Beautiful. Very good. He was a pop star in, in Melbourne back in the day. That's why he was yeah. on Hey Hat Saturday mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, Pete I, McKenna makes the worst song in the world sports chart. Yeah. On show 69. It must have been fairly handy because uh, in between 69 (laughs) and 73, he had 98 goals, 143 goals, 134 goals, 130 goals, and then he tailed off with 86 goals. And the best hair in football. Ooh. Had a bit of a Beatles cut. Oh, did he? Mm -hmm. Who who, who did you grow up worshipping a football player, Adam? Oh, see, um, I'm an 80s baby, Mm. so the 90s were were good. You know, I miss miss the names, you know, like David Neitz, our our big huge forward or the ox ah know, yes you know uh, Mr. Schwartz yes as, as my grandmother called him never by his first name it was never David it was always Mr. Schwartz Mr. <laughs> Schwartz has kicked another goal <laughs> respect has respect but the other day I actually uh, watched the replay not the grand final not the 2000 final between us and Essendon because that was just depressing you know if I want to get depressed I'll watch that yeah. but I watched the prelim final and I missed the old names like Uze Green Bruce Woden, like Woden. there's there's one he yeah. he won the Brownlow in 2000 for us and then decided to go to the pies Taller American and UK listeners, that's uh, AFL talk. <laughs> Speaking of, the Amer- Americans should know who Collingwood is because yes. one of the big forwards, Mason Cox, he's an American. He is. And it took me ages to to work that out because I'd be at the stadium and everyone would just start chanting USA and I'd be like, yeah. oh my God, Collingwood supporters can't be that stupid that they don't know what country they're in. <laughs> but no, they were chanting for this yeah. this tall, lanky, big 50-metre kicker, Mason Cox from yeah. the US. Seven foot tall. I think he was, uh, I think he's from uh, Texas. Yeah. Six foot ten. If you uh, if you follow him on Instagram, like I do, he he's says he's six foot ten. Six foot ten cocks. He calls himself. <laughs> oh well, Collingwood's got a history of bumping up and bumping down heights to uh, to suit their purposes. Well, they say they love a bigger cocks, don't they? They do. They love it. <laughs> um, it reminds me of uh, we went to watch uh, Glamorgan play Somerset years ago. There was loads of us on the lash. So can I get a translation for that? Yep, cricket. All oh, right. And there was a right. South African bowler, Fanny de Villiers, and he was opening the bowling for Somerset, and we'd already been on it from early doors and right at the start of play we decided to go into there's only one six foot fanny but we continued it for like half an hour and he, he was just giggling the whole time and we were there's only about 50 people in the crowd and yeah. all you could hear was there's only one six foot fanny one six foot fanny and it just kept going and did and it get going. slower and quieter and then someone would bolster oh, the troops it would get louder if they're Very drinking funny. it would have become a bit like uh, you know Miss What's Her Name singing the New Zealand anthem oh, in, incoherent gee. at oh, one stage Crystal, crystal oh. anyway uh, while you're here Gav you might as well do this gentlemen here's tonight's top ten <laughs> Yes, well, in honour of Rob's sabbatical in the USA, having the best time, uh, Rob's from New Zealand, so why do something else other than the Trevor Chapel bending the rules top ten? So this is about teams or people that have bent the rules to become winners or, you know, successfully or not successfully. So it's a bit of a cheating thing, but it's some more obscure, obscure ones that we've chosen. It's also in honour of um, recently overnight in a bar in New York, um, Australian of the Year candidate for next year, uh, Mr. Steve Smith, uh, 
yeah. former Australian. Australian of the year, love it. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that happens. Uh, he was uh, he was having a well-deserved break overseas, photoed in a bar in New York having a drink, It's and it's a well-deserved holiday after being forced to fake cry for minutes on mm. national television after what happened a, a few months ago. Um, so it's What happened, a, Gav, a couple of months ago? Um, I think he was very competitive and tried to inspire the rest of his team to... I'm running out of words here. Yeah. You're going to have to... I can't... Basically, the person in charge of Australian cricket, this is for all American and uh, other non-Commonwealth-based listeners, the captain of the Australian cricket team, who is, in effect, more powerful than the Prime Minister of the country, Mm. Uh, got caught inspiring his players to actually get sandpaper out on the field to sandpaper the ball and change the condition of the ball. Highly illegal. Highly illegal. Almost like in society as well. The police will get you. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't lie, so I was trying to glamorize. I know you were trying to uh, kind of smooth over the rough... So to speak. I ran out of sandpaper for that for yeah. that comment. Yeah. So it's a little bit in honour of him. So um, you Americans, I hope you're taking good care of him. Well, over there. Steve Smith has uh, sought solace in a New mm. York bar by himself. Oh, he was on his which phone, which apparently is news. Oh, that's mm. right. Well, I think he was on Tinder. So let's wish, <laughs> yeah. him, wish him all the well. Work. His girlfriend is in Italy studying or doing something. So um, yeah, he could well have been. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Hi, Steve. If you if you're yes. Listening. Well, he's a big fan of the show um, or until that... we started taking a piss out of yeah. him. Yeah. Adams. Adams' grandma calls him. Mr. Smith. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's a history of cheats in sport, and and we love them. And, and they're generally them. Australians. Oh, we hopefully we yeah, teach, we hope teach so. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're hell bent on uh, breaking the rules, coming out on top. So we have got the Ben Johnsons, the Marion Jones. World Cup wise, since that's a that's a hot topic at the moment, is uh, Thierry Henry's uh, handball on France 2009. Diego Maradona, 1986 hand World of Cup. God, yep. That's right. A little uh, with the head of Maradona, and uh, a little with the hand of God is the quote. And by the way, have you been seeing pictures? Pictures of Diego Maradona at the World Cup. No. Uh, watching Argentina. He's very twitchy in the Ooh. box. He's very portly as well. Oh, he has and, been for uh, a while. <laughs> yes. It's just... what happens when you stop running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, he rubs his nose an awful lot. Oh. Yeah. I hear he's been spending a lot of time in Colombia these days. <laughs> He's an ambassador to the Escobars. Oh, ah. right, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, this might be our last show that we ever do. Bring it on. <laughs> so some honourable mentions for the top ten this week. We've got Tom Brady in the New England the Patriots in the NFL, the Deflate Gate 2007, the NASCAR racer Michael Waltrip, who tainted his fuel tank oh. um, and to try and spark up the fuel, but it did the opposite effect. didn't work, and he came out and said, uh, you can't be sceptical of Toyota. You have to blame me. So he took the fall. Good on, Michael. I was going, I was thinking, how can you cheat? You're just making left turns. What, did someone make a right and everyone went, <gasps> You can't do that. Or in, um, what was it, Talladega Nights where uh, Borat and they actually run. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also 2009 in the boxing world, which is is, is replete with honourable sportsmanship, the, the mm. sport of boxing. Um, Shane Mosley was taking on Antonio Margarito and uh, Mosley's corner noticed that something was unusual on Margarito's wraps, the bandages under his gloves. Um, and they made a protest an investigation was revealed that uh, Margarito had plaster of Paris yeah. on his uh, on, <laughs> on his bandages yeah. which uh, for those of you who don't know it hardens when it gets wet effectively turning his gloves into blunt force yeah. instruments but he still lost didn't he yeah Shane so, Moosey still beat him yeah, yeah. Well, who he could have been he could have taken his daughter beforehand to, <laughs> to the plaster fun house you know for a bit of paint and making stuff boxing is a clean sport no Absolutely. doubt so here is number 10 we're taking you to the sport of tug of war. I take you oh, two gentlemen to 1998. 
1908. That's the London the Olympics. Ol- yeah, the Olum- London Olympics. How many teams do you reckon were competing? Three, I think, wasn't it? Very good beef stroganoff. Uh, it was the UK, Sweden, and the US of A. There were three teams competing in the tug of a war uh, event. You'd think it would be all three of those countries. No. Did they get a triangular rope? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But uh, the three teams that were competing were all from the UK, being ah. the London Olympics, and they're all UK police squads. So the Liverpool police team competed in their service boots, and they won easily some of their events because um, it was reported of their enormously heavy boots. Wow. They were putting things in their boots, supposedly. The USA protested. It was thrown out, and they did some winning. Love it. Um, number nine, we're going to a pent athlete, uh, the 1976 Montreal Games, Russia's Boris, number I'm really sorry, Mr. Putin, if you're listening and I get this incorrect. Boris Onyshenko. Onyshenko. He won gold with his team in the previous Olympics, 1972, and decided that he liked winning so much that he was going to do it again four years later. So to guarantee it, he uh, decided to just straight up cheat. So what he did during the fencing is he rigged his epée sword, for you Americans, um, so that all he needed to do was get relatively close to the scoring area on his opponent. He flicked the switch on on his sword. Um, and that would register, it would send an electric shock, register a hit, giving him a point. Um, so the Brits were, were suspicious, um, and Boris was found out, and he said he did it because of the political pressure for the Soviet uh, yeah. Union to win gold. Well, you know what, I think that's the least, but besides hanging, hanging gays and impregnating women with <laughs> soccer players, I think that's the least of Putin's worries right now, to be honest. Uh, number eight is the long jump. So the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, Puerto Rican Madeline de Jesus won a qualifier, but injured herself. So instead of pulling out for the next round, uh, she entered her twin sister. Oh. <laughs> Genius, genius. What was the tip-off that her twin sister was like twice the size and had never never long jumped in her life? No, they're biological twins. They look very similar, but the only way they were found out is because her twin sister had a beauty mark on her cheek. I thought if she won a medal and uh, they did the urine testing and one was pregnant and one wasn't, that would have been the brilliant one. Eight months pregnant. (laughs) Um, The Puerto Rican coach was told about the plan, but uh, he didn't think they would go through with it. I've never heard that one before. That's brilliant. Well, I could have just made it up. Oh, Please, senor, she's just trying her best. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to my sister. We're going back to pentathlete for number seven, and this is a bit of a sad one. Uh, the Swedish pentathlete, Mr. Hans Gunnar Liljenwall. I went to Ikea today, so I know how to say yeah. that. Um, Liljenwall competed in three different Olympics, 1964, 68, and in 1972. But in 1968, the Swedish team took home the bronze medal, but now that bronze medal has been scratched oh. from the records book records records I'm drunk myself yep. uh, the record books because of Mr. Lillian Wall because 1968 he was found as a drug cheat not as a traditional drug cheat a treat cheat Milk. Drug cheat. Mm. Um, that was a traditional drug Popular cheat. Popular in Russia. Yeah. Um, no performance-enhancing drugs. He was so nervous before his bronze medal match that he downed two beers to calm the nerves. And so, you know, of course, because shooting and alcohol always a good good combo, <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in especially when you're a bit nervous. So he won the bronze, um, but it was the first time they were testing drugs in Olympic Games, and alcohol was on the banned list. Wow. So Hans was disqualified. Clever Hans was he not. 
Number six, we're going to rugby. Now, Beefy, um, you might know this one. This is uh, in 2009. Uh, the English rugby team Harlequins, who is currently captained by former Wallaby captain James Horwell. The team used blood tablets. Do you yeah. know this? Yeah, blood, blood tablets to fake an injury in order to substitute a player out that could only leave if he was injured. Um, and this was during the Heineken Cup. So the player, Tom Williams, was suspended for four months and the team was uh, fined £260,000. Uh, try and conversion. Number five, we've got the Boston Marathon. Uh, in 1980, Rosie Ruiz was the first woman to cross the finish line in the Boston Marathon, and she won the event, and she knocked 20 minutes off her personal best. <laughs> she caught the bus, didn't she? She just, no, no, no beefy, no, that's, that it, that is, that's a little bit too far. It was discovered that she took the subway. Yeah. <laughs> Bus, they're inconsistent. They're late. Um, you cannot rely on on the but bus. That, that counts. I mean, you, you see joggers who go down the street and they get to a red light and then they just stand there like absolute idiots, just on the spot jogging up and down. Yeah. And they don't stop their watch because they're no. still running. So no. she could have been doing the same thing on the well, subway. I, hopefully, uh, I think she was inspired by uh, Fred Laws, who in 1904 was running the 1904 Olympics, and he finished a marathon in uh, just over three hours, way faster than any other competitor, and he accomplished the feat by hitching a ride with a passing car <laughs> for nearly 11 miles of the race. Um, and he got to the end and he was posing with photos with his daughter before the race officials discovered, wait a second, he's very, very early. He's getting photos, he's very happy. The funny thing is, as he, as he passed um, all the other fellow competitors that were still running, he leapt out the window and waved. <laughs> There's nothing in the rules to stop this. That's right. He received a lifetime ban, um, but it was lifted a year later, this ban, and that year he won the Boston Marathon. So... Full circle there for Rosie Ruiz. And he took the bus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Number four, we're going to one of my favourite sports, basketball. Um, and, and this one is inspired by this footage. It's just taking the internet by storm this last week and a half. This 12-year-old uh, French player. He's 12 years old. He's seven foot tall. Mr. I guess he might be a man. Yeah. Olivier Um He plays on an eight foot tall hoop. So he's just... He, he, Doesn't even get off the floor to no, dunk. He jumps down on his knees to dunk, <laughs> I think. Um, so it's inspired by this story. So two years ago, a highly touted 17 year old basketball prospect from South Sudan, Mr. Jonathan Nicola. He was so good, he was getting uh, scouted by NBA scouts as a potential draft pick for upcoming NBA draft. And the problem was that he was discovered playing in a high school basketball tournament in Canada. Now, the issue isn't the distance of the America. It was the fact that he was 30 years old. <laughs> well, there was a, we did we covered this a couple of weeks oh. ago. There's a 25-year-old that was a, didn't get into college or the NBA that decided he wanted to recreate his basketball career, so he oh. went back to school, claimed he was a refugee, was 25-year-old refugee <laughs> playing in Dallas. He won the player of the season, and then one of his former coaches actually told the league, said, I know this guy. He used to play for me eight years ago. <laughs> and the worst thing is he got accepted back into college. Oh, you got to let... <laughs> Everyone has a right of reply, a yeah. right to... Uh, and right now, apparently, he's gone back to preschool to learn his ABCs. Yeah. That's right. Blending right um, But I love it because his wife, to get him in, his wife posed as his mother to get him into the high school. <laughs> um, and But they were clever. They didn't just put him in as a grade 12, but they put him in as a grade 11. Oh. So he's got an extra year. <laughs> right. Um, but currently, he's breached his immigration oh, and he's in a no. detention centre. Oh. He's currently starting centre for the immigration in the, in the uh, prison league. <laughs> Let's get ready to be deported. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ice hockey in 
now in the top three in the legendary Darwin Ice Hockey team. Have oh, you heard about this team? They've never lost. Team? Yes. Never lost. For 32 years, they're at the lost. top. Beefy, very good, undefeated. Each year, they would challenge the winner of the Stanley Cup in the NHL, and not once has an NHL team taken them seriously and taken them up on the challenge, mainly because they do not have an ice hockey rink. There wasn't any ice hockey rinks in Darwin uh, for reasons unknown. The fact that it'll probably melt. That You know what? That's probably the reason. <laughs> so the team captain and coach, Mr. Beat uh, Erisman, something suspicious about that name as well, he said the problem is no team ever showed up because we don't have an ice rink, so we won by forfeit. Um, but last year, 2007, the team has made a shock collective retirement. Whoa. And they only retired because Darwin has got its first ice skating <laughs> rink. So they're fearful that they may actually have to play a game of ice hockey and also on the surface of ice. Mm. Um, only once were they challenged, um, and they drew with the Swiss team. And Mr. Erisman is quoted as saying, we didn't have any ice, so we ended up at the pub and settled it on the pool table. What was his first name? Uh, Beat. B-E-A-T. Oh, that's uh, Kyrgios's new coach. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> uh, no, that's his cousin, Beat Off. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, number two, we're going to sailing, Mr. Donald Crowhurst. He's a British businessman. Okay, um, so how can you cheat at sailing? Well, I'm just about to tell you. Um, he entered the 1968 Sunday Times Golden Globe Race. It's a single-hand, round-the-world yacht race, and uh, he decided to enter this race uh, so that he could promote his other businesses, but he was a, a serious amateur and had absolutely zilch sailing experience. <laughs> so as the race went on, Crowhurst uh, used radio reports to tell feedback where he was oh my god how good does australia look oh my god <laughs> all, all the uh, landmarks or watermarks uh, of a trip around our planet but not far into the race he felt a bit uh, overwhelmed so he just uh, docked into a nice little south pacific dock and rested there and uh, still reported his uh is leading the race so the um the actual leader of the race mr nigel tetley was so disappointed he was the favorite to win he decided oh i'm just going to give up so he docked into uh, a dock and and decided to call it quits but so happened to be in the i don't know south pacific in the very same dock as what mr donald crowhurst was and so that's how Mr. Donald Crowhurst got found out. And number one, in honour of my nephew, he's 21 years old. I like to make these personal, Adam. He's 24 years old. He's just moved to Melbourne. I've been brainwashing him to become a Collingwood supporter. Hopefully he, he hasn't listened. No, I'll send this to him and, and in, in case he's deciding to leave the Collingwood um, fold. This is a warning, a Russian warning. Um, so he lives. He actually lives near the Collingwood football ground training precinct and he saw oh. there's a touch football version of Aussie rules and Collingwood has a team. So he's got he's got it in his head that he can play for the Mighty Magpies. Whoa. Totally to impress me. So he sends off his application to join, and he gets this response. Dear Gavin's nephew, unfortunately, your request to register for the Victorian Wheelchair Football League has been denied. <laughs> this may be due to not meeting all the required registration criteria, edit, namely because he's not restricted to a wheelchair. Um, so frankly, he's uninvited to Christmas um, <laughs> for cheating. So in honour of him, the number one spot of... <laughs> Of the Trevor Chapel, Rob Breyers, G'day Bro, top 10 is the Spanish basketball team in the 2000 <laughs> Sydney Paralympics. Paralympics. yes. In the intellectually disabled category. Do you know this story, Adam? I do. I was, I was there, not for that game, but 
I was there to watch ID basketball the day before. All right. mm. ID basketball, that's the British It's actually disabled oh, right. basketball, yeah. So um, the Spanish team dominated the competition, mm-hmm. but they uh, had fully abled athletes. Take note, uh, Gavin's nephew, this story's for you. <laughs> so during the first match of the tournament, uh, they were leading China by 30 points. The coach said, lads, uh, this is obviously in my best Spanish accent, yeah. and I'm, this is being translated, lads, move down a gear or they'll find out you're not disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Olay. So they went on to beat Russia in the final, and they were only found out because when they got the photos on the podium of the medals... They were all standing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, or intellectually disabled. Those photos went back to the people in Spain, and many people there said they recognised the players from local leagues and reported them. And so how they got into the team is uh, and qualified for the tournament was easy because the requirement was that players need to score 70 or below on an IQ test. Oh, yeah. So they actually drafted into the team two actual intellectually disabled men, and they did the test. <laughs> but Spain um, Spain scored 107 mo- uh, medals in that Paralympics, third behind Australia and Britain. So I'll let you mm. listeners be the judge of how they got those 107 oh, well. medals. Good well research, done. Gav. Well done. No Loved worries. It. That's educational. Gee, we got through some sport tonight. I don't know what's going on. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, Rob's been holding you back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He doesn't do research. I thought this this show was just about sponsorship and, you know, fart jokes and, and Russia. I've been going for a while. I'm a little bit hungry. Is it What could I have that would be a snack? Oh, it's good for you. Full of protein, what? Jack Links, beef jerky. Oh. It's the best a man can get. Wonderful. Anyway, we've uh, got time for this. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life, the facts of life, when the world never seems to be living. Facts of lifetime. Now, when we did 365 Days of Sport, myself and Rob ended up mm. in deepest, darkest Yorkshire. We found this sport called VX, right? Mm. Now, the guys that run VX basically embraced what we were doing, and they actually said... There's no real matches or tournaments on right now. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm just going to start a tournament in your honour. So while you're here, you can watch the best guys in the world that play VX basically fight it out against each other and they'll win a trophy. And we went... Really? You do that for us? So this is a very special. We're Ooh. edition sixty nine of um, three sixty five days of sport radio show, and I thought we'll ring Paul Hildreth, who who runs VX yeah. worldwide, and I, we'll get him on the phone and get him to tell us all about it because the three six five days of sport invitational challenge trophy for VX is tomorrow night Ooh. in oh. Yorkshire, the third annual. It's one of the major trophies of the VX calendar now. The the, the oh. top guys in the world want to play for this trophy. It's like the biggest thing you can win. My God, is this on the ESPN? It's live. Live on oh. the on the Ocho. <laughs> it's up there with dodgeball and stuff, but in all honesty, VX is a brilliant sport. It's great. So, Paul, thanks for joining us. This is the very first thing we've ever done a phone interview, so uh, hopefully it'll work. I don't do things by halves, do you? It's international as well. Yeah, oh. international. Didn't need subtitles for this guy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Paul's, uh, Paul is a, a staunch Yorkshireman, by the way. Right. So, uh, so um, Paul, tell us about VX and the, the basis of the sport. Right, okay. Well, it's the simplest sport there is. There's no goals, no zones, no markings, no targets. You score points by hitting each other with the balls. Oh, now, yes. Yeah, straight away you think dodgeball. 
Well, we'd say the recipe is a little lacrosse, a pinch of pilota, a dash of dodgeball, and a hint of hockey. The Americans just call it dodgeball on steroids because it's so much faster. The difference is, unlike dodgeball, you're not stuck in two halves. You can go anywhere. Unlike dodgeball, when you hit, you're not out. Hand goes up, referee says play on, you carry on playing. So there's no stops. Every player's got a V-stick, which looks loosely like a double-ended lacrosse stick, and you use these to fire the balls at each other. The balls are tennis ball size. Not tennis balls, though, they hurt. Um, these are low-pressure balls. Two teams are five aside, five balls in play, four quarters of four minutes. Very fast. Um, we also play singles, which is what the 365 Challenge Trophy is, and that's called V2. That's in squash courts. Two players, three balls, intense, personal, gladiatorial, and bloody good fun. How, welcome to the show, and can I ask, uh, how many people have died playing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, none that we know of. We just get I mean, generally, the... if we get people injured, it's like that. It's because they've, um, you know, if they're out of the sport injured, it's because they've been playing some other dangerous sport, like, you know, rounders or netball or tiddlywinks. <laughs> you just get rid of the body anyway, so no one knows any difference. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Can, can I ask, have you considered making a more extreme version and using golf balls? Well, we do say that in Middlesbrough they use cricket balls. Oh. And in all, they use cricket balls dipped in petrol and lit, but it's an only joke, really. I think that's like, that, that would be considered a UFC VX version, wouldn't Ooh, it? In yeah. a cage? Yeah, or uh, Japan might go for something like that. Yeah. VX deathmatch, that's what we want to see. If it ain't bloody, it ain't happening. <laughs> no yeah, blood, God, no you're sound. the guys that play Australian obviously rules football, aren't you? So. Yeah. So, um, Paul, obviously tomorrow night is the 365 Invitational Challenge Trophy, which uh, we are, uh, and you know my thoughts on this. I am so absolutely unbelievably proud, Robbie's too, that uh, you guys have perpetually honoured our visit and us getting involved with VX. And uh, you have got, you know, eight of the top guys in the world going to compete for this trophy. Gee. Yep, absolutely. Um, this is the third one we've done. The same name has been on the trophy for the first two years. So the other guys are hoping to uh, to change that tomorrow. Who's your Who's your top pick? Which country is going to take it out? Uh, tomorrow they're all British. Oh, okay. So, so which uh, Which county is going to take it out? Do you think uh, Do you think the East Enders have a chance? Uh, no, it's going to be Yorkshire. <laughs> the the Yorkshire <laughs> puddings are going to Yorkshire puddings are going to take it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, well, I don't say unfortunately. Um, it's an all male lineup this year. Oh bugger! I, I, I don't say unfortunately. It's just one of those things because. Even though it's a gender-neutral sport and the lads and lasses play on a totally equal footing, there are no rules or ratios. So, you know, we can have all male, all female or any mix. And it just happens that this year it is all male. It so, wasn't last year. So I'm male, sure it won't be next year. Males and females will compete on the same court, the same field at the very same time. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, uh, wow. Right from, a pri- right from a primary school taster session to a singles World Cup final, it can be it is males and females playing on totally equal footing. Uh, we had a, a knockout festival just last week, and in the very last match, it was my team against a team from York. And for the final quarter, I came off and Patrick turned off, and then we realised that all our lineup on court was just all the girls. There was five girls on. And then we looked at York, and there were five blokes. <laughs> Even though they had females in the, squ- the on-day squad, it was five blokes. So it ended up in that last quarter, five girls against five blokes. And my team went into that last quarter 31 points down. And in those five minutes, the lasses turned it round to lose by only four points. Ooh, Hell of wow. a performance. Yeah. Wow. See, that, Gav, uh, this VX sounds like two of your favourite pastimes, competitive sport and your balls hitting women in the face. I'll, I'll have you know I've got... <laughs> 
<laughs> I have you know. Never got, thought of that. I've what did strike me is when Beefy came on and said this is episode sixty nine. I thought, yeah, that's my favourite <laughs> number. But uh, well, I have to say, I've got I've got Scottish heritage, so it's a kilt. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. Look, Paul, we wish you all the best for yeah. the uh, three six five tomorrow night. It's uh, like I say, it's one of the major trophies that uh, the the guys and the girls compete for in mm. the uh, VX year. We we have to say the VX World Cup is going to Hong Kong as well. So uh, we, myself and Rob in- will be hoping to uh, get across. It's India this year. India this year. Is it Hong Kong the year after? No, 2020. Hong oh, Kong 2020. 2020. There you go. Oh, I've got a long time to build so like up. You, you and Rob are going to be sitting in a hotel in Hong Kong going, what's happening? Where is everyone? everyone? Will be in India. Everyone's yeah. eating curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Hong Kong players will be in India. Yes. Yeah. So um, we are incredibly honoured that you guys have uh, perpetually honoured uh, our visit and our kind of support. And we are so glad that you guys support what uh, myself and Rob do and uh, bringing these minority sports to a public that demands new and exciting things. And uh, like I said, we wish you the best of luck and uh, we will forever continue to keep in touch. And like I said, hopefully it's going to be before 2020 in Hong Kong. We will get back to our event and uh, you never know, we might even uh, throw some balls at people's heads again like we've <laughs> talked about already. Uh, yeah, good stuff. And you know, the kids in that primary school still, still talk about you guys. <laughs> yes, myself and Rob actually did a primary school visit and we oh. played against the kids and I smashed them. I'll tell you what, those <laughs> eight-year-olds did not know what had hit them. <laughs> I had to still talk about it. Brilliant. Can I, can I suggest that for the best player of the comp, you give them the beefy trophy and for the worst player of the comp, you give them the Rob Bryers <laughs> trophy. The Memorial Award. <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, thanks for that. I will talk to you very soon. We will catch up. We will broadcast the results of the trophy on uh, show 70. We can't quite make it as rude as that, but I'm sure we can make someone out of a 70. All right. Well, that's with one person watching, isn't it? <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> All right, mate. We will talk to you very soon. All the best for tomorrow night. Hey, cheers, fellas. Watch out for the scores on Facebook. Well, thanks for that. I will talk to you very soon. We might wrap this up. I'll just do... We might do this very, very quickly. Even Adam, yep. do you want to be a world champion? I'd love to be a world champion. Gav, do you uh, want to be a world champion? I've considered it. Have you got a dog? Uh, he's dead. He's dead. Well, in fact, a dead dog could well win this Ooh. world championship. A nine-year-old English bulldog was named the winner of the world's uh, ugliest yes. dog contest in San Francisco this weekend. Zaza won the title on Saturday in the competition with dogs with hairless bodies and mm. lolling tongues flaunt their imperfections. The dogs walk down a red carpet and evaluated by a panel of judges. The winner takes home fifteen hundred US dollars. I saw this. The uh, dog was hideous. What, yes. What's that in dog dog dollars? That's times by seven, obviously. So oh. that's uh yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh last year's winner was a hundred and fifty seven kilogram gentle giant named Martha, a ne- Neapolitan mastiff. With Ooh. gas and a droopy face. Really? <laughs> With gas and a droopy face. You can tell I read this report. Um, this year's dogs included a blackhead-covered Chinese crested dachshund mutt and a bulldog mixed with excess wrinkly skin. 
157 kilo dog. That's a big fella. Well, Thank God it wasn't a poodle. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't a 157 I'm, I'm kilo more, chihuahua. I'm more concerned with the uh, the Neapolitan. Was it in three different colours? Oh, my God. You pulled it up on the screen. I've just it, got the picture. It's got like a, a one-foot-long tongue hanging oh, out the side. Well, that's obviously the pink of the Neapolitan. Oh, and it's white <laughs> markings, and it's got chocolate on it as well. Oh, my gosh. That um, is... Apparently, Zaza had her nails painted for the competition, especially. Yeah, because that's, that's important. You can't polish a turd, but in this case, you can try. Ooh. And $1,500 worth of turd as well. I wonder what the owner's going to do with that $1,500. Well, apparently, they're going to buy chapstick because uh, her lips get very, very dry, and they use mountains of chapstick to keep her lips moist. Mm. Um, her favorite thing to play with is you. Oh, and nice. put that tongue on your face because it feels so weird. Oof. I'm just reading the report here. This is rude. I think this is a dog boy uh, or play dog. Sorry, not uh... play dog. <laughs> the pornographic yeah. erotic material yeah. for dogs. Yeah. Uh... Somewhere there's a greyhound going. <laughs> um, Scooby Doo's got a page over going. Right, Ron, I'm a rat. <laughs> oh, here we go. The competition was rough. Oh. Oh. Underbites and awkward tongues were a theme among the 15 homely contenders, as were crazy eyes. <laughs> Oh, look, here we go. There was a, yeah, I saw that. There was a beefy, excise intolerant bulldog named Meatloaf, <laughs> also known as Snorlax. <laughs> oh. That organisers suspect might be part pig. <gasps> oh, my God, that does look like a part uh, pig. That's a... Uh, that's something out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's something you'd mistaken for, says, for lunch. There was a Pekingese named Wild Thing that looks just like it got off a bender with Charlie Sheen. This is brilliant. <laughs> it's got tiger blood. <laughs> What a report I've just found here. This is great. CNN doing a great job, by the way. Thanks, CNN. Uh, they wanted something that was more easy to digest than what Trump did. Yeah, exactly right. So Ugly Dogs was it. you got to stick these photos up on Facebook. Yeah, I on will Facebook do. Uh, uh, by the way, thanks for mentioning Facebook. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Just look up 365 Days of Sport on Facebook. Please join in the fun. There's a load of stuff going on on uh, 365 Days of Sport as well. It's, uh, we're doing seven days of polo right now, which is I, quite fun. I did see that. I showed a little video about canoe polo today. The first ten seconds are deadly. They throw the ball into the middle of the pool, and mm. you basically paddle as fast as you can. As the canoes meet, the tips of the canoes hit and gets launched into the air. Oh. Absolutely takes the guy's head off. Guy probably died. <laughs> I'm putting snuff films on the Facebook site, that's no, for sure. you just got to go for polo shirts. Yes. Mm. That's day eight. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, what a show. This is We've flown through today, and all Mom's of a sudden we're awesome. at the end. We've got to thank Jack Links, the best beef jerky in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to thank Macedo, the best sports gear in Australia. Uh, we've got to thank Adam Samuel Adam. for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining the fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks to Gav for actually doing some research, which is a bit of a change <laughs> from my normal partner. Oh, that, that's three. That's for my next uh, two episodes worth of uh, worth of work. He's he's done now. Just can you just in the in the re, re, can you just record that and then cut it in again for next week's episode? Oh yeah, yeah. Just bring it. Just keep. We do that time and time again. There's a lot of quality in that. Oh my god, another quality. another ten ten. Oh, yeah, or you know, if you actually, if you do want to hear this again, just tune into Triple M. Yes, uh, because Triple M are renowned for stealing all their material. So, Gav, you'll probably hear yourself on Triple M the remainder of this week. Just tune into uh, either Will Anderson, Mick Malloy, or any other bugger that steals their material. We won't be getting the uh, I won't be getting the pay for it either. No, that's uh, very true. That's one thing we can be certain of. Uh, well, no, thanks for listening wherever you are in the world. Welcome to our. Um, Lithuanian listeners as well. They've kind
come on in, in their ones and twos. They've been joining the fun. <laughs> what's, so, what's hello in Lithuanian? Uh, well, they live in Vilnius. Okay. That's about it. But uh, we have uh, some new <laughs> Lithuanian listeners, which I'm glad you've joined in the fun, because uh, without you, we wouldn't even bother doing it. Mm, exactly. Basketball is very big in Lithuania. It is. And you've got mm. to be very big in Lithuania to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey. Well, that's all for this edition of 365 Days of Sport. Woo! As Rob Bryars would say, well, I'll check you next week, bro. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs>